Coming up on this episode of Abundantly Charged, in pursuit of balance, don't go away. Welcome to the premiere season of Abundantly Charged. We're your hosts, Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter, and Jill Lewis, CEO of Brilliance and Beyond. In this season, we'll mix interviews and great conversations with in-depth thinking around key social and emotional skills we need as educators to keep us fully prepared to successfully navigate the demands of teaching and leading in the 21st century classrooms. The demands of the educational system have never been stronger. While we all know we need transformative change to revolutionize this troubled system, ensuring our own high-powered social and emotional skills will help each of us navigate these changes while developing these critical skills in our students, too. Join us as we explore how we remain abundantly charged. Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of Abundantly Charged. I'm Dr. Grant Chandler. And I'm Jill Lewis. And together, Grant and I are very excited to welcome you to this episode of our podcast, Diving Into Balance. We're going to talk about what is it, what is it not, why does it matter, and, you know, for people like me, why is it so darn difficult for all of us? Jill, when you think about this term balance, what does it conjure up in your mind? Not pretty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we I think we decided on this topic for you and I, not for anybody I else. I think so. I think you're right. You know, I, I, I strive to balance, um, often, you know, pretty much every day I'm trying, I'm trying to balance so many different things, but you know, when you have so many passions that you want to do yet, you also have family life. I'm thinking how that joins together. I'm thinking, you know, the work aspects or your goals, your health goals, your spiritual goals, financial goals, you know, what's your personal growth. There's so much that we can do and we all have that same amount of time. So how do we better find things that help us balance our time, balance what we choose to do to make sure that it's meaningful. So those are some things that immediately go into my head when I start to think about balancing. It also starts to make me hyperventilate a little bit because I am not good at it. I struggle on a daily basis. It makes my head hurt to think about. It makes my head hurt to talk about. We hear a lot. We see a lot about this whole idea of balance. But, you know, what is it, right? What is it? So, in, you know, in doing some thinking about this and preparing some of the, some of what we'll talk about, I recalled I had seen a few months ago, I read a comment somewhere and, uh, and I believe it was from somebody in, in the UK on a blog. Um, and, and the idea was that this person was making was that he says balance doesn't exist. There's no such thing. And, he, and his whole comment was quit, quit making yourself crazy about it. And here was his argument. It was, he says um, that the pursuit of balance was simply something that makes us all crazy. And that, in, and again, this is his, his, his idea. Um, he says, we have one life, one identity, 
and it engulfs every aspect of our lives. This idea of a personal life and a professional life and a blah, 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 blah life and a blah, 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 blah life, if you want to go beyond just those two, his argument was it's a false construct. It's just we have one identity. And he goes, so, you know, think about, and I thought it was an interesting concept, right, to think about, you know, in some ways he's right. And in some ways I, I disagree with him. And then Lillian Dixon says, and I love this quote, life is like a coin. You can spend it any way you wish, but you only spend it once. Mm -hmm. I love the quote and I think it's very profound and, you know, it does give you, it, it puts it in perspective. Truly, we do only have this life in this moment in time. And so how are we going to spend that time? What are we going to do with it? What, how are we going to identify what is good and what we want to do with that? Now, when we think back to the other piece that you were talking about, that we don't have separate, separate identities, separate lives. Um, but I really actually feel like I do. Um, and I say that in the sense that my professional life, definitely it, it coincides and it crosses over into my personal life in terms of raising my family. But I also know that there are certain things about myself that if I do not put in place on a daily basis, I'm not that nice of a person. Right. I need my quiet time in the morning. I need at least a good hour to an hour and a half. Now, what that also means is that I'm up at 4.30, 5.30 in the morning. So I can make sure I get that in time to start the day with the rest of the family. So when I think about that, I do have a separate part, but what happens is one transfers into the other. Yeah. And I think that so I was think his they can point be separate, but together. Yeah. I think he's like, you know, we have different aspects of our lives. Right. And I think this is a semantical con part of this is a semantical conversation, but I think it's really interesting because it kind of leads to whether you think you have, you know, multiple lives, multiple aspects of your lives, you know, multiple responsibilities, however you want to, to do that. Um, Heather Mulder uh, made, so she says, quote, remember that work-life balance, and here she's, of course, uh, agreeing with the, the notion of multiple lives, right? Remember that work-life balance is ultimately created through your choices. I love that word, choices. That's also what's causing much of your stress, by agreeing to take on more work, and I think you can define work in a lot of different ways, when you don't have the capacity or not delegating work that could be delegated, you create more stress for yourself, end quote. Jill, why does, why does balance matter? You know, I think the first thing is, is less stress. When we have less stress, we are able to think better. We're able to problem solve better and we're be able to actually enjoy life in a different manner. We see things differently. We come from a place of gratitude. We come from a place of, wow, I can do this. So it really provides that less stress, which then affects your mental health. And then it also affects your physical health. So all of those types of things really come into play there. 
So there are some significant benefits to an individual who can figure out what balance means for uh, for you as, as an individual. And this is such a very personal uh, conversation and journey, right? And we're certainly going to highlight, which we, you know, I think a really important aspect, which is it's about choice. And we'll, you know, and then we're, we're going to uh, obviously give you some things to think about in just a few minutes about how, how some things to think about that you can use to generate that idea of balance in whatever way you want to. Heather Mulder reminds us that means that work-life balance is really about feeling content in who you are and the decisions that you're making. It begins with your mindset and it's not something that you find. Balance is created by you through making tough choices. Oh, wow. Let's think about that. She really adds some really interesting ideas into this, uh, into this conversation, you know, choice, (laughs) feeling content mindset. It's not something you find, but it's created, right? Wow. The choices we make, the choices we make seems like Mm -hmm. there's this huge connection then between this idea of balance and balance between whatever, right? Whatever, because that's you know, so very personal. And the connection to self-awareness, self-management, and even self-advocacy. Yikes. Mm-hmm. I, I bet you I waded through 50 or 60 different suggestions on what people say you should do to, to reach this nirvana, right. Of, of, of what, whatever balance means. And I think one of the things that I wanted to say in this episode was that, you know, some of those may work for you. Right. And, you know, I've kind of chosen, I think 11 of them that you know, we're going to talk about from this big list of 50 that um, we've chosen to talk about. And these 11 may not work for everybody. So you have to, again, sift through and go, hmm, I like that one. Ooh, no, I don't like that one. But these are the ones that kind of spoke to me as I was sifting through the hundreds that you can actually look at. And the first one is that I think we have to accept that there is no perfect work-life balance, right? There's no, there's no one rule about what work-life balance or or balance in general, because maybe we're balancing more than just work and, you know, and personal life. Maybe there are other aspects of our life that um, it's going to be very individual. And there are days when we kind of figure out balance better than others. And we shouldn't let that, we shouldn't let that become a, a, a huge stressor in terms of, you know, Hey, my, this is how my colleague defines it. So I gotta, I gotta rise to that level of balance or I'm not balancing well. And I love the next one. Number two, stop panicking about it. I think, (laughs) um, I think it just felt like this is my perfect thing to remind myself. This is really about giving ourselves permission to just stop the madness, stop putting more stress upon yourself because there's not one right or way, right or wrong way to balance. It is all about going back to your needs, your self-awareness, your self-management of those needs. And then number three, and this is what I think 
you know, I, so I think you know, the first two just kind of set up like, Hey, there's nothing, there's no such thing as perfect. Quit stressing about it. Cause you're causing yourself more angst. And now here's the heart of it, right? Define what you want out of life. You've got to, you've got to identify what the filters are for making your decisions about what it is you want. How important are priorities, Jill, in our oh. lives? Oh, for me, you know, that that's my litmus test. And when I look at what are my priorities, and then as I start to make decisions, I have to decide and I have to look at that piece. Like, does this match the priority that I am going after at this moment in time? And if it does, great. If it doesn't, then hmm, this may not be the best choice for me at this point in time. And that also goes back to giving us that, that permission once again to say no. We can use the word no, and it's not used enough. And I think that also goes back to as educators, we are in a service industry in terms of serving a community, serving our students, serving our parents. We are in that realm of, of service. And so it's hard for us to say no. But this is where those priorities are so important. If you know what your priorities are, then your decisions come easier to define what exactly it is that you want and how you can create balance. Absolutely. What about number four? So, yeah. So this one, I, I am loving this one. So learn how to manage your schedule. There are so many different ways and it also that you can manage your schedule, but again, you have to find what works for you. If you don't know what works for you, then go on, go on a quest to find it. You have to think about what's urgent and important, what's important, but not urgent, urgent, but not important. And of course, neither urgent nor important. Something that I have been putting into play the past week and a past week really, or just, I started this week was using a productivity planner and the way it's set up is it gives me an area to do five major and I'm using it as five major projects. And it says, for you to feel successful today, what is the one most important thing that you have to accomplish today? And then it lays out, you've got 30 minutes in time blocks. How many time blocks of 30 minutes can you complete this in? And you write it down. And then you just keep a, a tally right there within that productivity planner. And what I've been noticing is, it's helped me stop all of the other interruptions, which is actually creating me more time in the Absolutely. same exact amount of time that I've had, you know, forever, like everybody's had the same 24 hours in a day. So it's created and opened up more time to do the more important things, the priority items that I want to do and feel really good about it. I love number five, allow time. Grant yourself the luxury <laughs> to focus on whatever your person, whatever you mean by personal life, right? Whatever you mean by, you know, not necessarily here. We're not talking about Jill as a mom or Grant as a dad. We're talking about Jill as a human <laughs> and Grant as a human. Give yourself time just to focus in on yourself. And I think that ties really importantly to number six, Joe. I agree. Absolutely. And so that's do things to make yourself happy. 
it goes back to what fills your cup. Usually every Thursday I go on a hike with my girlfriends. It's about anywhere between two and three hours. We take the dogs. I haven't been in, in about a, a month and a half. And I could tell that it was affecting my moods. I look forward to that time to spending that time with my girlfriends. I, I look forward to the time where we're hiking. We see wildlife. We're up in the mountains. We see these beautiful areas all over the place. And that's something that feeds my soul. It helps fill my cup. And so if I don't take that time, I'm the only one who's responsible for saying no to that. But I have to make sure that I say, okay, yes, I recognize I need this. And this has to be done on a weekly basis. Absolutely. And then that goes back to then how do you manage your schedule, right? Because Mm -hmm. that's something that you consider to be both urgent and important. Right. And you know, it doesn't have to be a hike. It could be, maybe you want to take up painting. Maybe you want to play the guitar. Maybe, you know, you want to just learn something new that is completely out of your element of what you normally do simply because it's something that you you find joyful. Yep. Allow time for your personal life. Do things to make yourself happy. And number seven, I love this one. It's like self-evaluate what worked and what didn't work. You know, this whole idea of reflection is so important in many aspects of our life, but you think about, Hey, what worked and didn't work today? What didn't work this week, this month, this year, really being cognizant of where you're finding success in however you define this word balance, right? Because we all define it differently. And what are things that are working for you? And what are things that aren't working for you? And I think recognizing as you, you know, your example is a really good one. Oh my gosh, I haven't been doing that one thing that I really, really enjoy that I really, really need. That's a self-evaluation technique to surface that and then say, what am I going to do differently with that information? And it doesn't have to be that you have to sit down all, you know, at the end of every night, it could be just as simple as you are driving to work. It pops in your head. Oh, let me massage this for a little bit for the next minute and say, oh yeah, I definitely haven't done that. So I need to do it. Another piece that I know is so hard for so many people and especially in the education realm, and it's learning to delegate. Delegating can be your best friend. And one of the first things that I look at is when I go to delegate is I look at what are my strengths and then what are my areas that I struggle with on so many levels. Those are the kinds of things I definitely delegate out because if it's not my strength, it's going to take me four to five to six times as long to do it the way it needs to be done to do it right. So why not empower somebody else to use their strengths to do what they know is the best way to tackle this issue. Absolutely. Number 10, learn to say no. And Jill, Jill talked about that earlier on. That's really connected to your priorities, to what you want out of life. I think sometimes that is a word that we are afraid to say because we don't want to disappoint somebody. We don't want to, whatever your story is, but you know, 
that's an important word to say. You know, I'm terrible at that. If someone says they need me to do something, I, I jump, right? Oh, 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 okay. And, you know, we, we need to learn. I, I need to learn, right? I'll, I'll just talk to me about me. I need to learn. <laughs> how to say, oh, I really wish I could, but I, I, yeah, I can't. And I, and I don't, I don't owe you an explanation for why I can't. It's just something that I can't do it this time. Right. Or, or I have to learn to tell myself, no, mm-hmm. sometimes it's not telling other people. No, sometimes it's looking in the mirror and saying, Hey, you, you know, no, you, you, you need not be doing that right now or whatever that, whatever that no means. And I, you know, and I think you hit on a really interesting point there, Grant, is that you don't have to explain why you are saying no. No one has to know your reasoning behind why you're saying no. Mm-mm. What's our last, last one, one, Joe? The last one uh, is prioritizing your health. This is critical. Um, and it also goes back to self-advocacy. You have to advocate for how you remain healthy, whether that is daily exercise, whether that is meditation, whether it is um, what you eat, how much water you drink, what are all of those different things that keep you healthy? It's huge. We were talking before we got on to go live on our podcast here. And you made an interesting comment as we were just talking about, you know, day-to-day stuff. And your comment was about dusting. Cause I think I mentioned, I need to clean my office. And then it went into dusting and you I need actually, to clean mine too. <laughs> and you actually made the comment. I don't think at the end of my life, I'm going to say, I wish I dusted more. But I will probably say you should have dusted that bookshelf once or twice. (laughs) (laughs) Abundantly charged means not only having developed strong social and emotional skills, but also having the ability to recharge and continuously grow our abilities when the demands on our lives and on our profession as educators seem to drain them. In essence, we have to have the ability to remain abundantly charged. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Abundantly Charged. New episodes drop every Tuesday afternoon beginning January 18th and running through March 22nd. We'll take a break and then return with Season 2 in mid-April. Abundantly Charged is a production of Students Matter, LLC, and Brilliance and Beyond, LLC. Our show's theme music, Something Different, was written and performed by Reve and obtained through Soundstripe.com. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss an episode. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify, and it could also be found on our website at abundantly-charged.captivate.com dot fm slash episodes if you like our show please leave us a review we would love to hear what you like until next time remember let's remain abundantly charged <laughs>